Welcome to Filmoscopy, two-thirds of a podcast that go around talking about a movie one of the members has picked. Mm-hmm. Today, we are missing Cody, the ringleader, the editor. Commander the Cody. Brains. Commander Cody. <laughs> <laughs> we lost um, him on fucking Utapau with Obi-Wan. <laughs> Today's movie, everybody, that we're doing, it was my selection. Hi, I'm Lance. I'm the um, co-founder of Co-host this podcast or host the one, actually <laughs> the one who did all the leg work to get the podcast started yeah um this is owen hi he's just kind of there <laughs> what's up man yeah i'm just here for the ride <laughs> well he's also a co-founder and like i said we're missing cody and unlike last episode which was uh pearl cody will not be doing an nwo sound uh style run-in he is, I'm not sure what the fuck he's doing, but he's off for four days, and him and his wife went road tripping. I'm not sure where. I saw a picture of her on Facebook with him, and I said, you know, I should probably click on that and see where they're at, but I just didn't care. So uh, They're in Mexico right now. <laughs> he's trying to free his people. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah I, I really don't know what the fuck he's doing, but anyway, it doesn't really matter. So... Before we get into today's movie, I have a nightmare story that I'd like to share with Owen. I want to get his reaction on the podcast. So, Owen knows, Cody knows, Alex and Sarah and Jacob and my girlfriend, Savannah, know. Those are the, the listeners that I know that actually listen to this show. They know that I have extreme germophobia mixed in with a lot of OCD. You know, I have uh, wet one hand wipes with me at all times. I have Clorox uh, disinfectant wipes with me in my truck. You know, all that good stuff. So, yesterday was my last day of my vacation I took at work. And it went very well. Like, for the most part, like, everything was going off without a hitch. I was having a good day. I felt good emotionally. It's one of those days that, you know, you actually didn't feel depression, you know? And we get to the end of the night, and Savannah cooks for me and her son Riley um, a broccoli and cheese soup, and then some like just a little side of uh, nor noodles. I think it was garlic noodles, and then some garlic toast. It was awesome, you know, just a simple little meal. It wasn't anything extravagant. She can cook some yeah. extravagant stuff, but it was just a simple little meal. Some delicious gourmet meal. It was very good. I ain't gonna lie to you. I fucking love that shit. So, I'm laying down in bed. I gotta go to work. So, I'm like, alright, I'm gonna try to get eight hours. That did not happen. I, uh, I go, you know what? I need to use the bathroom. So, I go downstairs to use the bathroom. Now, I've had issues with my upstairs toilet in my townhouse. It was leaking. And they eventually fixed it. No big deal. But that toilet doesn't have as much power as the downstairs toilet. The downstairs toilet is like, I call it, it's, it's kind of like the beast. Like, it's unstoppable. You can't stop it up because when you flush it, it has this weird thing where it fills up with water and, you know, it sucks all the water down, fills up, and then it reflushes itself after one flush. Like, it does it by itself. So, it's almost like unstoppable. That's weird. 
I know it's really weird, but I'm like, man, this thing's incredible. So I go downstairs to use that bathroom because you know what? It's unstoppable. It's unstoppable. I so think you cannot shit enough in that toilet to make it clog. Is what you're or saying. Or so, or so he thought. So he thought. Ah, oh, that's foreshadowing. Yes. It is. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I, you know, get done with my business. It's not solid. You know, I'm gonna go ahead and say that right now. I had a lot of cheese. So it wasn't solid for me. Um, I get up and I flush the toilet. And I'm not paying attention to the noise it makes. And I hear this like little gurgling noise. Like glug, 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 glug. And you know some toilets when they're almost stopped up. When you flush them. They slow drain and then they eventually go down. And they make that noise right. So I thought to myself. Man that sounded weird. I should have looked in the toilet. I didn't. I didn't. So I decided to flush the toilet again. Oh, God. Uh... And all the water in this toilet came gushing out of the top of the toilet bowl into this floor. God damn, now, Owen, dude. Owen, Owen knows. Like, <laughs> yeah, we've seen this before. We've seen this at the store. <laughs> this <We> exact. <laughs> But here's the thing, too, Owen. You remember how small that little bathroom is underneath your stairwell in the old townhouse you had? Yes, I do remember. That's the exact same size bathroom I have, so imagine water gushing uh, out of the toilet. So is it, is it like by the kitchen? Uh, Yeah, it's kind of by the kitchen, but it, it's, it doesn't go into the kitchen. Like None of the stuff went out. I don't think the water that came out, because we got towels on it pretty quick, I don't think it got into the floor into the living room. Oh, okay. But, I mean, it was there. It was enough, and we mopped it. And the thing is, my girlfriend, like, this is just fucking, just, this is my fucking nightmare, dude. I, I cannot get past this. This is the worst fucking thing that can happen to me. I cannot, like, clean like I want to clean, because guess what? We have four pet birds. Any kind of house cleaner that you can think of can kill the birds. We have to use like Ecos, which is a uh, all-natural just degreaser cleaner. We have a bird cleaner that's safe for birds. We have <laughs> another thing that's safe for wood that you can use. So we have all this stuff, and I have to mop with this Mrs. Meyer stuff, which is an all-purpose cleaner, but it, it doesn't disinfect. You know, it's not like Lysol. It's not bleach. So I get it mopped up. It's just a fucking nightmare, and Savannah takes over the rest for me. She sprays, she actually gets, I didn't realize she had a bleach bottle, but she gets out and she sprays the toilet down and, you know, I mean, this shit like is almost like Picks a quarter of an inch of water. Off the floor. Well, dude, here's the thing, because none of it was solid, so it uh. just mixed in with the water. So it wasn't like I had a turd floating around, floating around, it was just, it was just there. That's foul, dude. Sorry. I know. I was the thing is I can't smell, so I, it didn't like super bother me in that instance. I just know what the fuck it was, and I'm just freaking out in the moment. So you know, Savannah cleaned everything down, and I washed. You know, she said we had the towels, and she goes, "We can just wash the towels." I'm like, "No, we fucking can't. These towels are dead. The bath <laughs> rug that was in there soaked up all the water too. It's dead. We had to throw all that shit away to me. I can't. I, I was not gonna wash it in the washing machine." <laughs> and uh, so I just, it's just a fucking nightmare. I go upstairs, you know, I take a shower and then I wash the clothes I had on me. It was just this fucking huge nightmare. And then today, she said she'd clean everything down. So in my head, 
you know, we had to move the bird cages from the kitchen to the living room so they couldn't be around the the stench of the bleach. We got the bathroom door shut. There's a big like uh, blanket she has at the edge of the door, so none of the stuff will seep out. So like, like none of the you know the the fumes from the bleach will seep out and kill the birds. Mm-hmm. And she's had the bathroom fan running like almost 24 hours now. So I went in there today and uh, I wiped. Like the entire, like, like all the countertop that was exposed. Like there was things I just didn't touch in there. I wiped the countertop down and all the the cabinets of the bathroom with Lysol wipes. And then I wiped like all the baseboards. Like this is the area that the mop probably didn't get to down. So I've done my OCD cleaning. I don't know when that bathroom is going to be safe for me in my mind to use. But yeah, it was a fucking nightmare. Like that's the worst thing that could ever happen to me. It, the very least it was my own shit though. My own shit. At the very least, it was. Yeah, at least it wasn't some stranger shit, of course. You know, yeah, like we talked about, we've had too many poop stories at that store that we used to work at together. And hopefully, in the next two months, I will no longer be working at it. By the time this episode comes out, it'll be a month away. But, um, yeah, it was a fucking nightmare. Like, I just, I didn't, and you know, I, you know, again, obsessively, I have wet ones with me all the time. Well, I didn't have any more wet ones in the house. They were all in the truck. I wasn't going out to the truck to get them. So I'm like, I'm everything's clean off, and like in my in my mind, I have to like you know try to scrub my. I always wipe my feet off before I get in the bed with the wet ones. This is how bad my OCD is. Yeah. And I didn't have that, but I have this antiseptic uh, wound uh, cleaner from Band Aid, and I just sprayed my feet off with that before I got in bed. I'm like, fuck it, this is good enough. Fuck it. <laughs> uh, anyway, so how was your day, Owen? <laughs> uh, my day was okay. Um, I got the new I got the new Zelda that just came out. Uh, this will probably date this episode, <laughs> but uh, so on Friday, uh, Tears of the Kingdom came out, and I just got that. I've been playing it a little bit, and it's I'm it's kind of just the same fucking thing as the last game so far. So I mean, there's a couple cool gimmicks, but um, you know, overall, yeah. But it remains to be seen. I've only played a little bit of it, so maybe there's something cool that'll knock my socks off. Maybe the dungeons will come back. Um, I don't know if you know Lance, but the last uh, Zelda that came out, Breath of the Wild, like they basically took out the dungeons, um, and dungeons mm-hmm. are like a big part of Zelda. Um, I don't know if you played them when you were a kid, like you know, like Link to the Past or anything. No, nah, well, I never played any Zelda. I've heard people talk about them. I've heard you and Cody talk about them. Yeah, so, you know, usually in a traditional Zelda game, that's like kind of like your where you go for progression. Um, it has a lot of puzzles in it. You go through like a dungeon, there's enemies and a boss fight at the end. Um, uh, Breath of the Wild kind of did away with that. and It's all like open world and stuff. And you kind of just do these little things called shrines. Uh, and it's kind of like if you've ever played like a Ubisoft game like Assassin's Creed or uh, like Far Cry or some shit like that. Um, uh-huh. or maybe even I think um, the the Star Wars game uh, Fallen Order or whatever I think it might have something similar th- like that but I'm not sure I've never played that actually um, but you know it's just basically these little places on the map that you can find where you go through and you get like a little reward for doing it um, but um, so yeah a big thing everybody was complaining about in the last game was that they took those sh- uh, dungeons out um, so you know they they've been kind of tight lipped on whether or not they'll be coming back in this one, um, and they kind of the way they have it set up in the story. There's this big uh, like kind of what looks like a big dungeon that you have to get through this little island 
um, and get all the shrines on the island to be able to get into it. Uh, Excuse me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I ate a lot of shit today, too. I had um, lobster. I had a lobster fucking um, bun, um, which was pretty good. had a bunch of ice cream. So I'm fucking, you know, I'm bloated. But yeah, that was my day. That that ice cream, you sent me a picture of when you were responding to one of my Snapchats, and it looked banging. I know, dude. I put the fudge on there. I drizzled some of that fudge. That shit was good. (laughs) Well, real quick, have you had any chance to play the new uh, Star Wars game? Uh, I've seen it. it. It got bad reviews on PC because I think it was unoptimized. Um, like it ran really poorly on PC, so I haven't I haven't got it yet. I haven't even played the first one yet. So I haven't been in a Star Wars mood in a while, though. So maybe maybe when I get back into it, like I told you earlier, I've been in like in a Batman mood for some reason. So I've been playing all the Arkham games and watching the animated series and stuff. That's pretty dope. Are you enjoying rewatching the animated series? I've actually never watched the animated series before. Really? Okay. Nope, I have not. Dude, the animated series you... rocks. Like, I kind of wish it was more like, I mean, because it's a 90s, like, Saturday morning cartoon. I mean, it's still kind of, you know, dark for that, you know? So it's not, um, you know, it's not, it's not really childish or anything. But, you know, I feel like it'd be cool if maybe they dealt with some, like, uh, I know eventually they do like deal with some more grimmer concepts but i don't know i yeah, can't i like when the stakes are like people are gonna die and you never really get that feeling too much i mean there's a couple parts where you do but i mean overall it's still good i love the um the animated series is like what i'm always talking about whenever i talk about like batman settings that i like like mm-hmm. i love batman settings that have like that weird future like retro uh like style like where everything's kind of like uh art deco you know it's like everything kind of looks like the 30s or the 20s but you know they still have computers and stuff um and everything's dark and there's gargoyles everywhere and shit so it kind of has like this gothic art deco look to it um that's that's the kind of batman that i love and um also having it be a little a little bit campy you know a little bit comic book e I don't like my Batman all too realistic or gritty. Oh, I got you. That's a that's a stab at Mr. Christopher Nolan, huh? And um, the new Batman as well, a little bit. <laughs> oh, I got you. <laughs> uh, I guess well, Batman v Superman also isn't he like really fucking? He's like, I kill people. Yeah, that one. I mean, it's it's more comic booky because Superman's comic booky. Yeah, still, yeah. It cause... tries to be as grounded as it can. Yeah, and to be fair, you know they tried. I understand. I'm not gonna get in this whole like Snyder thing. They just tried to be different from the Marvel movies, which everybody got was like, "Yeah, these aren't as good as the Marvel movies." Well, they're fucking different. Yeah, you know. And then when they started copying the Marvel movies, they're like, "You're copying the Marvel movies. Like, they just can't fucking win. It's so stupid. You cannot win." Yeah, I don't know. But you know that uh, you know, I've we've I've made my discussions on the Batman plan clear. It's a good movie. I don't think it's good as any of the Nolan trilogy. It might be on par with Batman Begins, but I love the Dark Knight Rises and I love the Dark Knight and you know, yeah, the Dark Knight, uh, the, <laughs> the Dark Knight Rises, <laughs> uh, the Dark Cock Rises. It's like, yeah, look at this. Yeah, um, that's, well, going <laughs> yeah. back to going going back to Kid Cudi from uh, X, like the Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> the Dark Cock Rises. That's what um, I call 
You know how your wiener's a different color than the rest of your body? <laughs> yeah. That's what that is. That's the dark that's the dark cock rising. Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. What, is... what, what movie are we doing, by the way? <laughs> um Well, I think we're <laughs> I don't know. I think that's the end of the podcast now. Yeah. I think we should just have like a section of the podcast where we just bullshit or something. <laughs> oh <laughs> I mean, no, I guess no, we got that. We, I guess every yeah, like that. I guess we already do have that. Um, but I don't know, just to pet it out, I guess. <laughs> that's pretty. That's pretty good. But uh, you know, I was kind of, you know, I don't know, like you know, when you said the mention, like how your cock is different color than the rest of your body. I'm like, yeah, you know, I thought it was only me, but I'm glad it's not. You know. Yeah, it's a um, universal. I think there's only a, a few. There's only a few weirdos I think who have. You you have to be defunct. I think there's something defective if you have a lighter cock than your body. <laughs> there's something wrong with you. It's pretty fucked up, man. Um. Oh boy. Okay. Well, I just yeah. I saw a commercial. I looked up. And I'm like, well, that's not the commercial I thought I was going to see right now. It's okay though. All right. So everyone. We're going to get into our movie. The movie is Heart Break Ridge. This is classified as an American war film. Though it's mostly not a war movie, honestly. No, it's not. No, it's, you know, we'll, we'll get into like the, the personal stuff here in a minute. Um, it is, man. It's kind of like I I don't know how to describe it. Not coming of age, but an ending of age movie. Like coming of age yeah. is like someone at the beginning of their life trying to figure shit out. Well, he's at the end of his life trying to figure shit out. Yeah, he's, you know, he's trying to get back with his ex-wife. He he's wants trying to, to impart his his wisdom. It's a very. I, I was kind of reading a little bit about the director. Um, I know he was a the, Vietnam vet. Clint Eastwood. Uh, Police was the director. The writer, my bad, not the director. <laughs> I was like, uh, Police was the director, buddy. Yeah, no, I know for a fact Clint Eastwood was not in Vietnam. Uh, I think he was in the army, though. Clint Eastwood was. Yeah, I think he was in there for like two or three years. Um, but that was in the 30s. He started acting in the 30s, so that would have been like World War. Nah, he was in. Know. He was in the army during Korea, actually. Funnily enough. Um. Uh, but I don't think he was actually in any combat or anything. Um, was he in Mortal Kombat? Yeah, he was in dun, Mortal Kombat. No, he was dun, never dun, in dun, Korea. Dun. Um, he was just in the army during Korea. So, <laughs> all right. Yes. But and uh, you know, hold on. And the Battle of Heartbreak Ridge, which is movie references, is a real life battle. Yeah, it was um, the fucking Second Infantry Division of the U.S. <laughs> army against i don't know i don't know my korean history very well so well look this thing is called i'm gonna gonna spell this word out for you and you try to pronounce it uh the thing is uh the thing it's called the battle of heartbreak ridge also known as the battle of w-e-n-d like wind windingly windingly yeah do you look at the uh i'm guessing you're looking at the wikipedia page go down and scroll down to casualties and losses and look how fucking lopsided that shit is. <laughs> Let's see here. Like, um, look at North Korea and China versus fucking us. 
Let's see here. Uh, holy shit. It's like every fucking battle in Korea. Um, I'm trying to think of what one of the other ones is. Um, I mean, it doesn't have like a, it doesn't. I mean, it's got a bunch of numbers. I'm not gonna read the whole thing. I'm thinking I'm stupid. Like, so did the U.S. get fucked up in this war? No, not in Korea. No, we kind of China kind of got its ass kind of fucked. Um, so I don't know. I guess I can quickly just say like uh so in the beginning of korea we were kicking ass and then china came in and they like zerg rushed us with fucking this is the typical thing i mean this might i don't know this might be myths or some shit like i said my korean shit is like my korean history is like almost non-existent i know the basics um but macarthur uh was having us kick ass and we were steamrolling north korea and we made it to the border of china and China got pissed off and joined the war, and they Zerg rushed us and um, pushed us all the way back to uh, whatever the fuck the capital of South Korea is. Um, I don't know. What, whatever. Um, um, Seoul? Is it Col- Seoul? Seoul, yeah. Seoul, South Korea or something like that. I think that's it. Um, let me make sure that's the one at the bottom. Um but yeah, we got pushed all the way down. No, it's not Seoul. Um, it's whatever the fuck the city is, like way at the bottom of the Korea, uh, way at the bottom of Korea. I mean, I could not tell you because my geography's bad as well <laughs> about Korea. <laughs> my uh, U.S. geography's bad. I can't tell you that shit. Yeah, this is so. This is where my gaps of knowledge, gaps in my knowledge, get exposed. Um, but they pushed us all the way down south, and then uh, I guess we got reinforced or whatever and kind of got more mobilized. MacArthur, I think, got uh, pulled out of, you know, he got relieved of duty because he wanted to drop nukes on the Chinese. Um, <laughs> and then we pushed it all the way back up to the whatever parallel that we are now, um, 38th parallel. I think we passed it a few miles north of that as well. Um, but then eventually we had some ceasefires and some truce, truces and stuff like that. Technically, the Korean War is still ongoing. Um, it's just been in a ceasefire for the past. How long has it been? 80 years? 70 years? Mm-hmm. So There's a there's a little um, nod to like, you know, oh, technically, obviously, we didn't win the Korean War. And now I think it's called the Korean Conflict. Yeah, well, it was like a draw. I mean, yeah, that's what they call it in the movie. Remember later yeah, on when they uh, say it's zero one one oh one one. Yeah, oh one one. Yeah, and we'll get into that once. when we get like a little bit further in the movie. Um, so, Owen, is this your first experience watching this movie? Yeah, I have not seen this movie before. I've heard about it. Um, I think I thought this was a World War Two movie. Um, and I think I was conflating it with. Uh, like letters from Iwo Jima or flags of our fathers, um, mm-hmm. but no, this is a movie about I guess the invasion of uh, Grenada. Uh, now, there is a movie I'm gonna do. It's World War Two movie, and I'm gonna have to pick it on a movie on an episode that Cody wants to skip because he's gonna hate the movie, but I think you're gonna love the movie. Yeah, it's called uh, Kelly's Heroes. Hogan's Heroes, dude. <laughs> what about that shit? Know. I mean, Hogan's Heroes is a great show. <laughs> um, but, like, the, the last... Like, Kelly's Heroes, is it's a Clint Eastwood movie. Uh, there's quite a few other stars in it. Donald Sutherland, Telly Sabalez. Um, 
It is about these U.S. soldiers who are trying to go rogue in World War II because they know there's a shit ton of gold in this German bank. And they just want to get the gold and just run off. They don't really care about fighting the war anymore because they feel like it's just a waste. It's a great movie because there's a lot of humor in it and there's a lot of action. It's a lot of great shit. Yeah. There's, there's three movies, old war movies, that I absolutely love. Um, one is The Battle of the Bulge, not Who, the one in my pants. Who's the guy in, in Kelly's Heroes with the flight cap on? He looks like Anthony. <laughs> That's Donald Sutherland. That's the one with the big bushy beard. Yeah, he looks like Anthony. <laughs> yeah, he, he does. He does. But that's. Uh, have you ever seen Lost Boys? Uh, no, but I know what it is. Okay. Well, the main va- the main bad vampire is David. Is the character's name? He's played by Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah. He's got blonde spiked up hair. Oh, uh, okay. His is dad. this his dad? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I know who Kiefer and, Sutherland is. You you've seen American Haunting, right? Uh, I don't. That's think that's I the have. that's the movie about the Bell Witch that they made in like 2006. I might have. No, I don't think I have. If it's about the Bell Witch, no. Okay, well, it's not worth watching. So I don't watch it, but okay. uh, Donald Sutherland plays in it too. Have uh, uh, you seen the Bell Witch? No, <laughs> no, he's he's actually John Bell, the the home the guy who owns the homestead. Um, okay. Have you seen Space Cowboys? No, <laughs> all this shit. I've never heard of any of this shit. Okay, well, look, Space Cowboys is actually a movie. I think I may like pick one day, but it's Clint Eastwood, it's Tommy Lee Jones, it's Keith, uh, it's Donald Sutherland, and it's James Gardner, who is famous for playing a show in I think it's the early '60s, maybe late '50s, called Maverick, and he also played in Rockford Files. He was James Rockford. He's fucking incredible. Anywho. These are all these fucking great movies. But the three war movies I absolutely love, they're like old 60s into the 70s war movies. And one of them is Battle of the Bulge, which has uh, Henry Fonda, uh, Robert Shaw, who people will recognize as the crazy captain in Jaws. The one like, I'll kill your shark for you, but it's not going to cost you 5000 It'll cost you ten. You know that guy? Yeah. Um he plays the German. It's a great fucking movie. It's a very long movie. They even have the intermission they used to put in old movies still in the movie on the Blu-ray edition. Yeah. But it's Battle of the Bulge. It's uh, The Dirty Dozen and Kelly's Heroes. These movies are great. Now, look. When I talk about my movies, obviously I like shit like Star Wars, Mortal Kombat, um, a lot of the com comic book movies and shit like that you wouldn't expect me to like this kind of shit yeah and growing up i mean obviously i love ninja turtles too secret news uh growing up my dad tried to have me watch his movies with him and he would you know dirty uh, not dirty dozen uh fistful of dollars dirty dancing um yeah uh what's the (laughs) other one the good the bad and the ugly all that kind of shit and that shit just did not interest me whatsoever if he said clint eastwood i'd go ugh, i don't want to watch any clint eastwood movies you're like they're so this slow for old people yeah they are (laughs) they are but this movie here he popped it in one time heartbreak ridge and this was the first movie that i watched a clint eastwood where the light bulb clicked on, like, okay, I like this kind of movie. I like this. I like this kind of humor. Clint, you know, there's yeah, some goofiness. Clint Eastwood's a badass dude. That happened to me when um, I don't know. I I I had known about like military stuff, 
but I was always just interested, like, in World War Two as a kid and kind of, like, the Civil War a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. And I was never interested really in, like, I just liked the guns and I liked, like, the helmets and, and like, the uniforms and stuff. Um, but then I think my uncle made me watch – or he didn't make me watch, but, you know, we, like, sat down and watched, like, Full Metal Jacket. And I was like, dude, this fucking rocks. Like, this shit's funny as shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I mean, of course, not the part where Private Powell like kills himself and blasts, you know, uh, Gunnery Sergeant Hartman. But still, um, I don't know. There was something about it that was really cool. I mean, I love, uh, you know, war movies. Uh, I never pick them for the podcast because I know you guys don't really like them. Uh, so I don't, I don't want to bore you guys to death with them. Because uh, there's some that I like that are really just kind of like I love. There's a movie called The Kane Mutiny or The Kind Mutiny. Um, and it's an old fifties movie, um, with Humphrey Bogart in it. Um, okay. I know and, Humphrey Bogart. Yeah. It's about, um, it's, it's adapted from a book and the book is about this, uh, World War II U S Navy officer who served on like destroyers, which are these like little tiny ships. Um, they're not very big. Uh, the Navy you, in the Navy, they call them tin cans, uh, because they're so small and, and like, you know, when you're in, uh, bad waves and stuff it throws you around and shit. Um, so that's what they call them there. Um, and they're not very glorious, you know, assignments. You're not going to be doing crazy shit in a destroyer, um, especially in the kinds of destroyers he was in. He was in uh, destroyer minesweepers. So what he would do would just be like, uh, their ship would go ahead of like any landing craft, like where the Marines would land. Um, they would be ahead of them, kind of guiding them and like sweeping for mines and shit. Um, so it was never anything cool. But the whole book's about this uh, new... The ship gets a new captain, um, and you kind of, over the course of the book, he starts to kind of, like, lose his mind. Um, not really lose his mind, but, you know, he he already has some character flaws, and he's quick to blame others for for issues um, that he himself, like, causes. Um, and eventually the crew of the ship decide to relieve him of command. And, and the book, it's played a little bit like, you know... Um, you know, yeah, the guy was, you know, he made a mistake, but I don't, you know, it was a big part of it's the legal defense, because if you, if you do a mutiny on a, on a naval ship, you know, if you were to leave somebody a command, you have to prove yourself in a, in a court martial that it was, it was legal. And that's a big part of the movie and the book. Um, but anyways, that's just all to say that the movie's kind of, it's very technical. Um, there's not a lot of action. Um, it's, it's very much a drama, but it's a, it's a World War II drama and it's, and what's really cool about it is, is, you know, um, it was filmed on an actual, like, in-service World War II destroyer because it was in the 50s. So they still had one in service. Um, so they have shots in it where it's going under the Golden Gate Bridge and stuff. And that was, those were filmed for the movie. Um, but, yeah, just movies like that, I, I love them. Um, I go for them so much. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, I don't know. The way you describe that movie, I'm not sure if I'd like it. I'd give it a shot. Yeah, it's like um, like I said, it's a it's a drama pretty much. Um, it's a prodding movie. It's not an action movie. Yeah, it's definitely not. There's bits of action, but it's like fifties action where it's like mostly implied. Like they're in battles and stuff, but you don't see, you know, the guns going off or anything like that. Um, most of it's yeah. actually about um, uh, back in back in World War Two, towards the end of the war, there was a big typhoon. Uh, it was like one of the biggest typhoons, uh, like kind of in the Pacific at the time that was like recorded. Uh, I, I might be wrong there, but, uh, 
whatever Fleet Halsey was in, I don't fucking remember. The guy who wrote the book was whatever who was in uh, Admiral Halsey's fleet. I don't remember which fleet it was, but they got hit really bad by that tropical storm, and that storm fucking tore up um, the fleet. And that was before the end of the war. It was like one of the biggest disasters of the U.S. Navy. Um, you know, it sunk a lot of a lot of destroyers and stuff, and that's a big part of the movie is is that that's what happens and that's when they relieve him from command because he's making really dumb decisions and stuff um but yeah so it's not really a big actiony movie it's mostly like i said just kind of drama and plied action stuff like that military procedural so what you would say if this if an action movie was a porno this would be softcore porn in in a way yes <laughs> you're not going to see it baby but you're going to see the, the waves moving if you know what I'm saying yeah um, <laughs> that's right that's right um, interesting if you pick something like that I'd give it a shot I don't think Cody would but I'd give it a shot yeah it's a, it's a I like Cody, I said it's from Cody's the 50s Cody's listening to this editing it he's Cody's probably listening like, to this editing he's like yeah I wouldn't like that he's so. like yeah that sucks uh, yeah it's from the 50s so like I said it's pretty dated um, well, I mean it's it's pretty cool like uh, from the perspective of it being so close to the 40s like i said that a lot of that navy the navy that is in there because they have naval people you know the navy was had a helping hand in the movie um so that's really what's cool is just kind of see how they procedurally do shit back then uh, which is really interesting uh you mm-hmm. know look um uh, but either way that's not either neither here nor there but it's over there you know but it is over there uh. <laughs> All right, uh, let me try to see where I left off. No, anyway. Uh, we were talking about, okay, those movies, World War Two, this, okay. So, you know, when I made a comment a couple episodes ago. I can't remember which one it was because we record these things every two weeks. Spoiler alert. Uh, a little peek behind the curtain. What's up this, this one? How the magic's made, baby. Um, we recorded our I said last something episode about, last week. Yeah. Uh, no, I didn't. It was two weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> Wait. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it was. It was two weeks ago. Damn, you're right, I think. Yeah, no, I am right because I haven't turned my computer on in two weeks. <laughs> I had to do an update. <laughs> um, but anyway, so this movie, like, I, I made a comment about a gateway. You know, like, they made jo- uh, not jokes. You used to think marijuana was the gateway drug. Uh, sometimes you listen to a band and it introduces you to a whole genre of music and you're like, oh man, that's cool. That band is your gateway to that new genre of music. My gateway. Uh, but this movie was my gateway to Clint Eastwood movies in general. Like I watched this and I watched, uh, Commando, which I don't, you didn't, you weren't on that episode, but that was my gateway to Arnold Schwarzenegger movies was just Commando. It's fucking awesome. But Cody, Cody, um, (laughs) You're getting me distracted. Hold up, hold on. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Commando was the first movie of Arnold Schwarzenegger that I liked. I'm like, okay, that's really good. And then obviously Predator. Yeah. But this movie is the first one of Clint Eastwood movies that made me give other Clint Eastwood movies a chance, like The Dirty Dozen, not Dirty Dozen, Kelly's Heroes, Dirty Dancing, and Dirty Dancing, um, Batman. <laughs> uh, what's really funny is I don't know if I've seen the Tim Burton Batman. And Dirty Dancing all the way through. So I'm going to make that joke. It's fun. Yeah, I've never seen Tim Burton's Batman, but I know a lot of people like it. Yeah, and the Batman animated series you're watching is it's kind of like based a spiritual off of sequel. 
yeah to it you know yeah. so which is cool anywho i'm uh yeah, this is the first like movie i'm like okay i like this i get this and it was only the first watch that i, I started liking this movie so you know it's one of those things where i'm extremely fortunate to have seen this movie when i was younger and i liked it um again this is probably like one of those gateway movies into watching older movies instead of watching like ninja turtles you know yeah and this movie came out in 86 and like ninja turtles uh two came out like 91 so it's like a five year five year difference but you know i didn't i I wasn't paying attention to to like movies and the times that came out at the time secret of the coos it's the secret of the coochie but this movie was um, written by James Cabaret. Oh I, I got God. you. Hold on. Wait. I got you. Hold on. Appreciate it. James Carabatsos. Carabatsos. Yes. Carabatsos. He doesn't even have a uh, Wikipedia page. So, you know, yeah, he doesn't have a Wikipedia page. So, I guess he didn't write that many movies. And is directed and produced by Clint Eastwood and stars Clint Eastwood. And stars quite a few other people. He wrote Hamburger the Hill. The only people... I think. Oh, did he? Okay. Uh, screenwriter James Carabatsos is a Vietnam veteran of the 1st Cavalry Division and was inspired by an account of American paratroopers of the 82 Airborne Division. Is that in Fort Bragg, North Carolina? Used a payphone and a credit card to call in fire support during an invasion of Grenada and fashioned a script of a Korean War veteran, Army non-commissioned officer passing on his values to a new generation of soldiers. Eastwood was interested in the script and asked his producer, Fritz Mainz, to contact the U.S. Army with a filming of the movie at Fort Bragg. Now, this movie was originally set as an an army movie the army said no they read the script they didn't want to be anything part of it yeah they didn't like harsh language they didn't like that um yeah even the marines didn't like the harsh language um they uh disowned this movie after viewing the first cut um but the army they actually provided the initial support and let him film on their at one of their bases yeah yeah they they let him film at uh camp pendleton um which is um which is kind of where uh, First Marine Division is headquartered. As far as I remember, uh, no, you're you're 100 right. You know what's funny? The Marines plan to use this movie to promote its Toys for Tots campaign, but upon viewing, <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. To me. Disowned the I, film. <laughs> I read that shit too. I found out. Um, I didn't know Toys for Tots was a Marine uh, like organization. Like I didn't think that some ran by the Marines. So that was. I didn't either. Funny. I thought. I thought for some reason it was army, but I, I, I thought it was, I thought it was just something like the Salvation Army where it's like, you know, just something completely unrelated, just some kind of, you know, volunteer thing. Um, but yeah, that was surprising. Yeah, well, we used, we still do it. I think we used to do toys for thoughts at the store. Yeah. So, you know, I think I'd seen a military guy pick up the box. So I just uh, okay. kind of figured it was so a like, military thing. Uh, all right. Um, now here's the thing. I'm going to go, because there, this movie is Clint Eastwood's character is uh, Sergeant Gunny Highway. Yeah, is a Marine, and well, obviously the Battle of Heartbreak Ridge was between the U.S. Army and North Korea, in Korea yeah. and China. China. Well, they had to change <laughs> they, it to a Marine. Yeah, because um, they have a hand wave line in there. He's like, we were with the 
23rd Infantry Regiment or some shit like that. Well, then we became Marines. Yeah, they, yeah uh, Sergeant Major Chuzu, he tells Stitch Jones, which is one of the characters we're going to get into, that he and Highway were in the Army's 23rd Infantry Regiment at the time and joined the corps later. The 23rd Regiment was at Heartbreak Ridge. Yeah. So that's how they kind of like was able to put it together. But, you know, to be honest with you, if the Army was cool with this movie, they wouldn't have had that bone that line into it. Dude... Dude, Elvis was in the army during the fifties. Korea was during the fifties. There's Heartbreak Ridge. Elvis uh, had Heartbreak, Heartbreak Hotel. hotel. <laughs> I think he built the hotel on the ridge. <laughs> yeah. So I'm saying there's a connection there, dude. Well, there's 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 a there's an uncut version of this movie, and in that line when uh, Chuzu tells Stitch Jones, "There's only three of us uh, standing." The original line was, there's only four of us standing. Myself, Stoney Jackson, Gunny Highway, and Elvis, Elvis Presley. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> Elvis was kicking ass and taking names, dude. Um, here's another thing. Marines who film, who viewed this film cited numerous issues with the way they were portrayed. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I said it before I'll be recorded. There's, um, it's definitely very Hollywood. You could tell this movie kind of came out before we have got you know because like i was telling lance earlier we have shit now like generation kill and um i guess the first of jarhead uh i'm trying to think of other ones that are really good and accurate um but you know i i think uh you know the audience the movie going audience you have a lot of options to you for really realistic depictions of um marines and i think i was platoon before this Yes, I believe so. Okay, so maybe I guess Platoon beats this one, kind of in terms of realism. But um, you know, for a Hollywood movie, no, no, the actually, 80s. Platoon came out the same year. Mm, okay, this one came out December nineteen eighty six. No, this came out before Platoon. Gotcha. Okay, so yeah, we hadn't even got Platoon yet, which Platoon is kind of a big deal um, for a lot of people. It, it being considered like you know one of the first like really realistic kind of depictions of what it's like because even shit like apocalypse now sure shit isn't you know like realistically depicting how it is in the military no that's going for that fucking epic yeah it's like lsd mixed with like an old 19th century you know novel all sorts of with, shit mixed with Marlon Brando. Yeah. Like, like I <laughs> hey, said, a big back in the archives, people. A big part of go Generation to, Kill uh, is now. yeah. Go back and listen to Apocalypse Now. It's the second episode. But yeah, I mean, a big part of the military is just like you know sitting around doing fucking nothing, or you know waiting uh, to do something. Um, so you know, with I think this movie was pretty good for the time it came out, um, and kind of depicting post Vietnam era. Uh, military you know i'm i'm a never serve so take my shit with the grain of salt um but yeah I, I mean i think it was okay for what it was well i think it was great for what it was that's just my opinion yeah um i mean as a movie <laughs> i'm not i'm not disputing that i think it's a good movie I, I like clint eastwood's character um hell i like all the characters i'm just saying that like you know there's situations in this and like the way sometimes they speak and stuff that isn't going to be completely accurate to the military and i mean it's a movie nobody really unless you really want something super gritty like like i said generation kill sets out to do that um and it definitely alienates some people who watch it um you know you're not really going to get that 
But like, oh, I know. And this this movie is like if you take the Hollywood tropes of a drill sergeant and put it into a movie that's trying to be kind of gritty and realistic. Yeah. You know, and to be honest with you, I don't know if you would put like a a gritty realistic movie like that and put Clint Eastwood in it that people wouldn't expect Clint Eastwood to act like this. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Clint you know, I Eastwood feel, has a character like assigned to him pretty much. Um uh, he tight <laughs> he typecasts himself. Um but it fucking works though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, this movie's like a great 80s movie, you know what I mean? Like it's mm. it feels very 80s. Um and there's Oh yeah, 100%. I love it. And there's dude, something man, very comfy. There's something very comfy about it being uh, you know, such an 80s movie, you know? Oh, yeah. And like I said, there's a lot of the language that wouldn't hold up to today. Cause, you know, oh, uh, yeah. They, there's definitely some. Correct. A lot of people would be upset. Correct, you know? yeah. Oh, yeah. But th- this is, I think, it's funny. Like, I read through a lot of YouTube comments on some videos. There's not a lot of videos of people reacting or reviewing this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, there would be, like, like most Clint Eastwood movies. Like, there's a lot of, there's probably like 100 videos of people just reacting to Unforgiven. Yeah. This one had like maybe two, and I wa- I listened to them all because I was kind of kind of gauging their reaction. I looked at some of the comments, and a lot of the people, I'd say a lot, most of the comments I saw that mentioned that their father was either in the army or the marines or some kind of you know thing. They said they watched it, and their dad came out of the video or their uncle of the video out of the movie theater or their uncle, and they said they did a pretty good job portraying a mili- uh, a marine soldier right there. Mm-hmm. Um. There's a there's gonna be a, a thing I have Cody put in this episode, and it's the cadence that I I love so much in this movie. Or a handful uh, of ass <laughs> or a face a handful of pussy and a face like, full of ass. No, it goes uh oh, it is like uh model A Ford and a tank full of gas, and then, then he goes handful of pussy and a mouthful of ass. And they sing it in front of the woman, and it's fucking great. (laughs) And she laughs at it, too. The movie has got so many fucking one-liners. Oh, yeah, the dialogue is pretty good in this. (laughs) This is is the movie I got the the word clusterfuck from. When I say clusterfuck, I get it 100% from this fucking movie. And panther piss and shit like that. He just puts, like, curse words together in this movie that just just doesn't fucking... um, your brain can't do it all. Like I've tried to quote this movie myself, like just in normal conversations with, like with my dad, and I fuck up every time. I can't do what he does. Uh, but like I said, one or two things. Um, Clint Eastwood plays Gunnery Sergeant Tom Hardway. Marsha Mason, who was a actress who was nominated four times for the Academy Award for Cinderella, Liberty, The Goodbye Girl, Chapter Two. Is she his ex-wife, or are they just like split up? That's his ex-wife. Okay. Yeah. She is, um, let's see if there's anybody else that's worth noticing. Mario Van Peebles plays Stitch Jones. Mario. Mario. He actually is in, I think, Jaws 3. I remember seeing him one time. Oh, yeah, he is. Um, <laughs> he's the Jamaican guy. He's got, got dreadlocks in that movie. Uh-huh. I, <coughs> I think I've seen this guy like in a couple movies uh, and stuff, but... <coughs> And Private Swede Johansson. That's a, like I said, you can go on Wikipedia, people. This is where we get information. I mean, a lot of these people I never saw in other movies again. And I'm not trying to discredit them and their contribution. It's just not not of interest to me right now. But Private Swede Johansson, who's that big motherfucker, 
is a former football player named Peter Coach. And he played for my team, the Kansas City Chiefs, in the 80s, which is pretty dope. And I looked at his filmography, because he only played football for like four or five years and then got out, I'm assuming because of uh, injury. But this was his first movie. But his last acting acting cre- credit, he played in a show that was an American sitcom called Enlisted. And it only ran 13 um, episodes. It, it ran on Fox. But his character in that show was called The Swede. So I'm assuming that's a, a nod to being Swede Johansson in Heartbreak Ridge, which is pretty cool. The Swede. Um, but other than that, let's see here. I talked about we talked about the production of it. You know, Eastwood got paid six million dollars to direct and act in this movie. Yeah, I think um, I heard something through the grapevine that like this movie was kind of part of the reason why now um, most military movies that involve the military, like if they want funding and help from the military, like the military is very hands on now. Um, kind of like with Top Gun and shit like that. Um, I think this movie was partly because of that. Because the Marines helped them out throughout the movie. And when they finally got the cut, you know, like I said, they, they did not like <laughs> it. <laughs> so that's why when you, it was great. When you watch shit like uh, the only other the only other Marine movie I can think of is like Battle L.A. I don't know if you've ever seen Battle L.A. No, I it's like a 2012 like it, it's a really dumb movie. Uh, basically where like a squad of marines uh basically stop like a whole um and like a whole alien invasion it, it's kind of like independence day i bet independence day probably got help from the marines too uh just kind of you know dumb shit like that yeah i got you that's pretty cool i didn't realize that that was something that um happened let me see if there's anything hold on yeah that kind of stuff uh happens all the time um but of course there's always movies you know like apocalypse now or uh, Full Metal Jacket, true shit. Didn't get any help. Um, you know, just stuff like uh, that. You watched this movie, Cody, on HBO Max, right? You said you said Cody. You mean Owen? Oh, Cody, my bad. Owen, my bad. Yeah, I did. Okay. Well, right now this movie ranks. Um. Supposedly, this article was written two weeks ago, and. It said that Heartbreak Ridge, as reported by Flicks Patrol, reports that the war drama has landed itself as the eighth most popular movie on HBO Max right now. So at least it's getting some love right now. And the movie, you know, for the small budget this movie had, let me see here. It made, it had a $15 million budget. The box office was $121.7 million, So it made a good chunk of money. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and this movie has. Now, I've mentioned before, my dad's uh, father was a Vietnam soldier. He was a paratrooper. And I've seen pictures of him. I never met the man. He died six years before I was born. But my dad always, you know, always has this kind of like closeness because he was with his dad when his dad died. And he always brings it up in a, in a loving way that he wished he had more time with his dad. And he, you know, hearing he didn't get many war stories because you don't get a lot of war stories from vietnam vets because a lot of them just kind of keep it you know inside it's just a lot of bad shit you know and um there's this one i i thought about there's a scene i'll let you continue uh just don't let me forget about this uh there's a go ahead and bring it up it's cool okay uh i'll just hurry up then um so you know there's there's a scene uh later on in the movie 
where they get into the bulldozer uh, to kind of, uh, you know, get closer to the to the guys that are like suppressing them or whatever. Uh, that's a, that's based on a real thing that happened in the Battle Grenada too. Okay, cool. Um, there's um, so my boss at work always tells me he knew this guy, um, this Mississippi redneck, or I think he was from Arkansas. So he's this Arkansas redneck who was in Vietnam, um, and he would always tell the story. Um, of he was a combat engineer, so he actually you know drove around in bulldozers and stuff like that and it's kind of a fucked up story so i don't know if cody like upon listening to it might think or after you hear it you might think it might need to be cut but um so what he would he would do was um he would he would go in the bulldozer and he'd be like yeah i'd get shot at um sometimes you know and i'd i'd, I'd pull my pistol out and, you know uh open the door and shoot it from there and you know sometimes guys would fall you know like uh you know vietnamese uh like nva uh, soldiers or Viet Cong soldiers would fall into the way and he would said he was like yeah I would just run him over and then uh, my boss was uh was asking him he was like well don't you think you're gonna have to you know answer for all those people you killed and he's like he's like what do you mean like with God and, and then my boss is like yeah and he's like he's like what do you mean God was on our side <laughs> so that's just their attitude on it man, you know? yeah especially i don't know for for like you know some redneck from arkansas um yeah i, I thought that, that was pretty funny story though. was pretty funny if if a little yeah. fucked up you know oh i get it i just that attitude though you know god's on your side and there's a, a funny sequence when clint character goes into the barracks for the first time you know and he throws the fucking stereo against the wall and it busts and he goes, I'm I'm going to restart the Thomas Highway. <laughs> and he's like, I'm your new commander. He's like, he's just ripping these guys to shred and he grabs a, a, a cue stick. Yeah, and he breaks it off. And he's like, God loves you. And the guy goes, I know that. And he goes, you men do not impress me. And he just breaks the motherfucker and it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like the guy that says... With, like the voice he does is amazing. I like the guy that says movie. recon platoon kicks butt. Yeah, that guy. That guy's name is Profile. Oh, yeah. He's the biggest dork, and he's fucking great. He dies. He's the only one who dies. We wait alert. Yeah, I remember my dad telling me when we first watched the movie, he's like, "Yeah, he ends up dying." And I'm <laughs> like, "No, he, that sucks." Yeah, it's kind of like I didn't, I didn't believe him. Yeah, my dad always <laughs> fucked with me. You know. Yeah, it, it feels like it wouldn't happen too, because like half, like I said, like an out, like hour and thirty minutes of this movie has nothing to do with war. <laughs> you know, so it's kind of like what, and all of a sudden it's like, what the fuck? This thing turns into an actual real fucking war. <laughs> yeah, I just got done watching Commando and Predator. Man, the good guys don't die. This <laughs> don't fucking happen. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um. But this movie is, let's see, uh, Chuzu, which is his his buddy in the movie. You get introduced probably about twenty minutes into. My dad always said when he watched this movie. He always says that this guy reminded him of his dad, yeah. and the pictures when his dad had of him. Because my dad's got quite a few pictures that were sent to him from his aunts, that were either newspaper clippings or just photos of my his his dad had of him being a paratrooper. And uh, he does look like Chuzu. The guy who plays Chuzu looks like what my granddad would look like. Okay. And uh, so I always brought it to it. And then there's that scene where after. Uh, Tom Highway gets his papers to go back to his, you know, his original um, precinct, I guess you want to call it. And, you know, they play taps as they're taking the flag down. He stands in attention. Yeah. You know, and 
he does that. And my dad always, it always reminds him, he says, of his dad's funeral because they played taps for his dad's funeral and did the 21 gun salute and everything. Yeah. I've been to a military funeral also. Um, so, yeah. But, you know, yeah. it's like a lot of guys in the military, they get buried in military cemeteries, like my, my papa will be, yeah. which is my, my dad's stepdad. Well, my dad's dad was buried in a family cemetery. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't buried, like, with other military soldiers and all that. Yeah. So. Um, you know, other than that, so yeah, this movie's got a little bit like connection. I have a soft spot in my heart for this movie because of like my dad's connection to this movie. But um, I'm trying to remember, like I said, this movie, the plot isn't. I will say this if I'm critiquing the movie fairly, the plot isn't consistent. It it floats between, you know, humorous interactions between this super serious soldier, who's trying to kick his. Uh, platoon's ass just to get them in shape he's doing it in a way to make sure they're not you know they're not going to get killed in the next war he's hard on them because he loves them well I don't think he loves them he's hard on them because he loves his job yeah you know and there's a lot of interesting interactions this movie is a Clint Eastwood like vehicle like this movie is is him and the other characters are just along for the ride and the only one that really stands out is Stitch Jones, which is played by uh, what is that dude's name again? Fuck, um, Mario Peoples. Yeah, I think Mario. Um, yeah, Mario. Mario Van Peebles and Stitch Jones. Everybody else, you know, don't really stand out. You got the bad guy, which is I don't get how that guy's. Does they do they call him a corporal in that movie? Like in the movie, do they call him corporal? Who uh, Stitch Jones? Yeah. Yeah, they call him Corporal. How the fuck did he make Corporal? Like, he's such a shitbag. <laughs> I know, I have no idea. Fucking idea dude. <laughs> like, damn. Um, let's see here. Who is the fucking bad guy? Oh, yeah, he is the Corporal. Uh, I, I, I always watch, like, the movie um, on Quiet and, like, at two times speed whenever we're doing the podcast, and he just popped up, and I saw his little rank insignia on his collar. So. Okay, okay. You would recognize you watched um, shit. What is this fucking thing? What is he known for? You watched Twin Peaks, right? Yes. Okay, you remember a character named Big Ed Hurley? Yes, I do. Big Ed Hurley is played by Everett McGill. He is Big um, Major Malcolm Powers in this movie. Oh shit! No way, he is. I have to find. Yep. I have to find it and look at it. Damn. I knew I recognized him from somewhere. Shit, he is Big Ed. <laughs> the funny thing is, is Big Ed in Twin Peaks is like the most likable uh, guy like ever. Like he's like a fan favorite pretty much because of how how likable he is. It's really funny. He's such a dick in this. Oh yeah, well that guy he plays bad guys. He played the bad guy in. This is a movie I'm gonna pick eventually. Not. Not this one because it's it's part two, but the original one, Under Siege Two: The Dark Territory, which is a Steven Seagal movie. The first one's like fucking awesome because it's got Tom Lee Jones and uh fucking what's that crazy guy from the Lethal Weapon? Um. Oh my God, the blonde hair guy with the fucking big gappy teeth. Fuck, what's his name? I don't want to look it up, dude. Come on, help me out. What's his name? Shit, I got it. Uh, no, don't look it up. Don't look it up. We got. I, ha- I will on. never. I can guarantee you. I'll I will. 
Gary Busey. <laughs> Gary Busey. I didn't even fucking know Gary Busey was in Lethal Weapon. I don't remember. He's the blonde hair guy, Joshua. Remember the one he, he fights at the end of the movie? Yes. I kind no, of. No, you don't. No, I don't really remember. <laughs> I know who Gary <laughs> Busey is. <laughs> yeah, Gary Busey's in that. And Gary Busey's also in a bunch of other shit. But Gary Busey and Tommy Lee Jones is Under Siege. It's the best Steven Seagal movie of all time because of those guys being the bad guys. Yeah. Um, but this movie, uh, we'll get back to this movie. But yeah, that guy, I just fucking read his name. I can't remember it now. Oh, Everett McGill. He was uh played a bunch of, like bunch of little movies. Played in Dune, nineteen eighty four, Silver Bullet, which is a Stephen King adaptation. Heartbreak Ridge, License to Kill, which is Steven Seagal. Steven People Seagal. People Under the Stairs. Uh, and obviously he played uh, Twin Peaks. He retired from acting in 99, but returned for the revival of Twin Peaks. So his acting thing goes from 72 to 99 and from 2015 to 2017. Yeah. He was old as so, shit in the Twin Peaks revival. Um, and uh, Luke Webster, which is the brown-nosing, kiss-ass... Um, staff sergeant. Yeah, they're the. It's the the fucking first platoon sergeant or whatever the fuck. Yeah, and his name is uh Moses Gunn. Is the guy who plays him. He's a he's he's an award winning stage actor and very prominent um actor on Broadway. It looks like, but he uh there's a great line because like I said he. <laughs> There's a lot of words I can't say from this movie, quoting it. But uh, there's a um, there's a line where he's talking about um, Major Powers is building an elite uh, fighting machine or whatever. And then Clint Eastwood goes, Webster, if he ever comes to an abrupt halt, your nose will go halfway up his ass. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> there's just a lot of great shit in this fucking movie, man. Um, but yeah, this movie is just, you know, you see that Clint Eastwood's character, Tom Highway, is he's in jail for drunk, orderly disconduct. Yeah. He was pissing on a squad car. And, you know, just I love his reactions to stuff. Like, as the judge is reading off his charges, he goes, Urinating on the po- uh, p- patrol squad, uh, the patrol car. And then Clint Eastwood looks at the woman who's doing the, um, oh shit, where they, they're typing out every word said in court. And he looks back at the judge. He goes, well, it seemed like the thing to do, sir. And then she goes, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and it's funny. Like, he always, like, in this movie, it's a running little theme that, you know, he says it's always something improper when a woman's around. And then like, the, he ladies, mean for the ladies go, <laughs> Yeah, they always laugh. And then, like, you know, <laughs> the other major who's going to, like, transfer him out says, You know, you used to get, uh, you know, I used to get in trouble with this. And he goes, yeah, it is true. I've had my trouble with some limp dicks. And the woman walks by. <laughs> some like, limp dicks. Um, and then, of course, you know, the, the cadence when the woman's around. Like, there's just a lot of funny shit mm. in this movie. But Clint Eastwood, you know, it, it just goes through him getting back to it. There's a lot of humorous interactions with him and, you know, Peebles, uh, Van Peebles, or whatever his name is. I can't Mario Van Peebles. <laughs> Um, has the most um, screen time as a co-star, and you know he steals money from Tom. It's it's great. He steals money from him. He ends up getting caught because he's joined the Marines. There's 
you know, the time jump doesn't really specify how much time's gone in it because it, it feels like like this dude just joined the Marines and he's already a corporal. Yeah. So it doesn't well, make much yeah, sense. Yeah, he's also part, like but... a huge like dickhead. Like I don't know how the fuck he would become an NCO <laughs> for when he's yeah, such a shitbag. But it's whatever. It's no big deal. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's it's not you know, like intruding on the plot. You're like this doesn't seem realistic. Um, but it's very like I said, the movie is. You have humorous interactions with that. He sees his ex wife, and you know I guess he's trying to either revisit old times or trying to move on with his life because he knows he's at mandatory retirement age yeah and then um like i said there's a lot of good like the best parts of the movie are his interactions with his ex-wife maggie and um i think the best parts of the movie were just him berating or not berating but you know whipping the boys in his shape those were the parts of the movie i liked i'm gonna say that because i know that's what um Robert Ebert said that was the best parts about this movie. Was yeah, that. yeah, there is kind I, of a. I enjoy everything about. The there movie is a fun so. juxtaposition to that. You know, he's so good, and I mean, you know, it's kind of a classic, um, you know, character thing, uh, especially with gruff, uh, you know, guys, especially the kinds that Clint Eastwood plays, where you know they have a troubled love life, even though they're so, they get what they want, um, you know, in their career. And you know they're they're so gruff and and non non bullshit, take no bullshit kind of attitude. Mm-hmm. And you know, like I say, you get away with it when you're this this deep into your career as Clint Eastwood is as it is at this point because the first movie he did was uh, the third Creature from the Black Lagoon, which was like early '50s. So at this point, he's been in Hollywood for at least thirty years. And you know, he's been established as this kind of gruff character, and you don't know if Clint Eastwood is playing Clint Eastwood on screen or if he's playing different characters. He feels like Denzel Washington. Like you watch Denzel Washington, uh, I've seen a lot of people online criticize Denzel Washington being like a one-note actor. Like he's not a great actor. He's great at playing Denzel Washington, and I don't think that's a bad thing if that is the way you look at it because Clint Eastwood plays Clint Eastwood. John Wayne plays John Wayne. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger plays John Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, mm-hmm. and I think Eastwood does a great fucking job with this movie. Like it's for what it is, and like I said, I know some people would watch it and be like, "Well, this movie is kind of inconsistent with its tone." Yeah, but you're not watching a Hollywood classic. This is technically like a B movie at this point, and it's, it's but it's it's fucking incredible. Like, you know, yeah, it's still definitely to make. To make that kind of money, you know, for like a fifteen million dollar budget for for nineteen eighty six, it's pretty fucking well done. But you know, in the plot, the movie, you know, Major Powers is a a newly transferred. It feels like um, guy from Supply, so he wants to do everything in an orderly, efficient manner because of like you know he just seems like somebody wants to do it by the book, but he's also trying to stack the deck against Tom Highway. It's kind of fucked up, but it's also kind of interesting because Tom Highway always gets the upper hand. Like I said, there's a lot of good interactions with that. The training sessions with the soldiers, like you said, was really fucking great. His scenes with his wife are really good. I would say the weakest part of the movie is probably the actual Battle of Grenada. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. Um, they're, they're not very... It's very... Um, 
it, straightforward. It kind of seems very... like a, and I mean, it, it definitely for budgetary reasons, you know, it's not. Uh, it, it it seems kind of like a TV show. Like it seems like something you would see in Miami Vice, like an action scene from Miami Vice, in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with it. It's which is fine. Like I said, yeah. I mean, it's fine. Like I said, I mean, you just have to take into consideration the kind of budget they were working with, and I mean, you know, that's not entirely what this movie's about. Yeah, and like I said, the movie, like I said, a lot of people would say. Like if you're like this movie has a hard time finding out what it is, which I think is part of its charm. Like it does everything, either good or great. There's no bad parts in this movie. There's nothing I would say that's like terribly fucking boring. Uh, it's not a fucking like grade A blockbuster. Yeah. And I think a lot of people like my girlfriend wouldn't like this. Savannah, Cody wouldn't like this. I don't think Jacob would like this. I think Alex would kind of like it, but then again, he might not. I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence. I thought you might like it, but I didn't know for sure. And, um, you know, I, I definitely recommend the movie. I'm going to go ahead and get that out of the way. I think it's worth a watch. I think if you want to have fun with it, don't go into it with 2023 uh, eyes and ears because you will get offended yeah. by a lot it's, of the things that are said. It's definitely. But this is a different life, you know? It's like. I grew up. Hell, I mean, and back in two thousand, they don't. Like, they don't make. When I was still in high school, they still talk shit like this. Yeah, and even when I was a kid, um, as well. But you know, and they definitely don't make movies kind of like this anymore, where you know America is like the undisputed good guy. Um, it's definitely from an eighties perspective. Um, it's almost like that last hurrah of American patriotism, like yeah. someone who is a stone cold Republican would champion this fucking movie it's, it's they think that's what from, the military's a lot yeah from the reagan era it, it's funny how in the 80s it's like the you know we had vietnam had kind of killed off a lot of um you know like kind of typical patriotism and kind of stuff like that and then the 80s happened and you know that was a big thing uh you know from like gi joe to stuff like this um and i don't know yeah. it's kind of refreshing i guess to see it even from like a modern perspective, it's comfy. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, you know, it's a it's a comfortable movie when you watch. Yeah, it. a lot of stuff in, from the eighties for me is comfortable. Yeah, exactly. Because there's not, you know, and I was born in eighty eight. This movie was made two years before I was born. Yeah, so I'm not I was born saying like this is what I grew up with. You know, like a decade yeah. after the eighties had happened. Um, so, you know, even to me, the eighties are comfy. There's a simplicity to it. There's no, there's not a lot of cynicism. Um, and even when there is, you know, it's kind of I don't know. The good guys still win. You know, that's a lot of 80s movies. Yeah. Well, it's like... <sighs> these movies are very black and white. There's not a lot of, like... When I say realism, I mean, like, you know, everyday life is just a shade of gray. Mm-hmm. Where it's hard to pick out, like, okay, this is what I want to do today, or this is what I have to get done. It's, it's just a lot of, like... Yeah. Now, life can be very depressing. These movies in the 80s was still very, like... It was a renewed, like, okay, these are the good guys, these are the bad guys. The good bad guys are going to be cool, but the good guys are going to be just as cool, but they're trying to do good or something like that. I don't know how to really describe it. Like, I'm kind of, like, walking around a toilet bowl right now in my words. Hey, it's a callback. Um, but I think, I think this movie is, like, very just comfy when you watch it. And if you just watch it because you like that, if you're somebody who's highly offended, you will be offended by this movie, by the words that are uttered. Yeah. But... I feel like if you were in the military 
from, you know, at any point in the military, even now, I feel like when you get people who are away from, like, their phones or shit being recorded, I feel like there's still talk like this going on in real life, you know? Yeah. So, other than that, like I said, it's, the plot isn't super thick. I know I didn't go through it, like, beat by beat like I wanted to. Um, but it's just, you know, he's, he's, you know, he's training a new regiment of soldiers. Uh, there's a lot of interactions about, you see a lot of his character kind of get un, un, like, it's like you're peeling an onion back. You're seeing it's, more layers to his like character. An ogre. Everybody else don't have, yeah, he's like an ogre. But there's not a lot of layers to the other characters, and that's okay. You know, this is a Clint Eastwood movie. This is a Clint Eastwood vehicle that's being driven by Clint Eastwood. Exactly. And it's fucking great, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely recommend this uh, movie. Owen, do you recommend this movie? I do. I do recommend this movie. Uh, I think, it, Hell yeah. like I said, it was it was comfy to watch. Um, I do like my military movies a bit more gritty um, and a bit more kind of crazy, typically. Not crazy, but, um, I don't know, more bleak, I guess. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I do find a lot of times these kind of classic ones, kind of like this, very refreshing. Um, especially in an era where it's always, I don't know. Like I said, everybody, every nowadays, every good hero has to be like an anti-villain or not an anti-villain, but like an anti-hero. I mean, uh, and you know, they always have to be <laughs> anti-villain. Yeah. They always have to be like, you know, Oh, the bad guy, the authorities keeping me down and stuff like that. And I don't know. It's, it's good to kind of go back to what feels like a simpler time, uh, and just kind of watch something like this. Yeah, a simpler mindset. I don't yeah. think I always like that old saying like it's back to a simpler time. I don't think simpler life was time. ever simple. No, it never was. I think it's, it's just, a, just I think people I think it's just a simpler mindset. People like to, to watch to. uh you know, it's like kinda like how in the forties, like in old westerns from then, the the protagonist is never like an outlaw or like a bounty hunter. He's always like a sheriff, you know. People people liked that, you know. Um and you know, it's not like the forties didn't have crazy shit and fucked up shit going on it's just you know i don't know people change now everybody's cynical and everything's ironic nobody can be genuine um yeah so and when you're genuine you get made fun of yeah exactly even when it's like you know all the uh i would say smaller from a you know the, the general view you know every group of society feels like they're being oppressed by a, a majority yeah. A controlling majority, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you try to be open and honest about something, you're going to get made fun of regardless by some faceless person online. So it doesn't even fucking matter. Yeah, it's just like an Olympics. You know, this whole, like, this bullshit that Twitter or social media says, you know, we're all in this together and we're here to support you. No, you're fucking not. It's a race. Life keeps going on. Yeah, it's a race to the bottom to be whoever's the most pissed off or the most... Um, I don't know, ironic or whatever. I don't know. It's yeah. just tired. Okay, I gotta make the first meme. Yeah. Real quick before we get out of here, um, what is, if you can say it, what is your favorite line from this movie? I do think it's the cadence that we said earlier <laughs> that stuck with me because <laughs> I, I went to Walmart after I watched this movie and I was thinking that while I was walking around Walmart. 
<laughs> I was like, hell yeah, dude. I'm going to have Cody, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to download that. I'm going to have Cody put that in this episode. Handful of pussy, I like, mouthful of ass. And a mouthful of ass. I love the fucking song that they play at the beginning of this movie. Like, you know, you see like the black yeah, and white Yeah, the footage, footage from uh, Korea. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like, yeah, I like that it, segment. It plays that, that song and it plays... Um, and um it was kind of like sobering at the end where it's kind of like just showing like the kids and stuff and like i don't know it's kind of like shit it's like what kind of movie am i in for <laughs> and then it's kind of like i know it is yeah you know let's see hold on heartbreak rich song what song is that, that? footage was cool i could the literally just watch called sea of heartbreak yeah 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 it's just playing that music uh that footage was cool but I say that as a dork who like literally sits around and just watches fucking like World War Two footage <laughs> with with no sound, <laughs> just to just to see what the guys are doing. Like, uh, I just find that really fascinating. Uh, so it was cool. It is. There's a um, there's a line. Okay, I got two lines for you, and it's like when he's um, interacting with Maggie's boyfriend at the bar. He goes. I'll send you home with a I just pumped the neighbor's cat look on your face. <laughs> I don't even know what the fuck that means, but it's fucking hilarious the way he delivers. Yeah, he's got a lot of really good insults <laughs> and stuff. Um <laughs> They're like one guy goes, um, when he when he gets introduced to the soldiers and he go the one guy goes, We can take care of ourselves, he goes, You couldn't take care of a wet dream. <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh there's another one where uh Mario is holding his hand because this when he gets blown up by the the shot from the cannon, you know. Mm-hmm. And they run out there like, "Gunny, you okay, Gunny?" He's like, "Gunny," and he he opens his eyes and Mario's like holding his hand. He goes, he goes, um, "Jones, just because we're holding hands doesn't mean we're gonna take uh, warm showers for the wee hours of the morning." <laughs> 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 and then my favorite line in this movie, uh, the character that Owen was referencing earlier is named Profile. He's the big, tall, goofy, uh, awkward-looking individual in this movie, and he's you know he's a lot of these characters are comic relief, but he's very comic relief. And he accidentally he thinks his gun is jammed, and he accidentally shoots off at the major major powers by accident. So as punishment, as the other soldiers are marching back to the barracks, he's running around the entire group with his gun hold held up his head, and they're like, "He's not gonna make it, man." Yeah. And then he falls down, and then um, you hear it. You can listen to it carefully. When you first watch it, like I first watched this on VHS when I was a kid, and you watch it on VHS, you can't really hear what he says, but you can hear it clearly. And he uh, says something, and then the profile goes, Recon! And he runs back and starts doing what he's doing. Well, Major comes up to Tom Howe and goes, What did you say to him? And he goes, I said, Don't give the prick the satisfaction, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Like there's like this movie is just chock full of one liners and they're fucking incredible. Like if you watch this movie and you enjoy it, you'll be thinking about some of the shit Clint Eastwood says in this movie, without a doubt. It's just fucking hilarious. Yeah. So Though if that ever like, if that ever happened where that guy like shot down the firing line, dude, like he would get his ass kicked. Like he would be beat. <laughs> like <laughs> I mean there there would be no running like that. He would get his like just ass kicked. <laughs> That's funny, yeah. Like I said, I'm you know I'm glad you enjoyed this movie though. Yeah. Like I, I was hoping you would, and it's not like my sp- turns into the war movie the last thirty minutes of the movie. Yeah. But Even that, I, that didn't it, bother me. I mean, I thought it was cool. Like you get to see some actual, uh, you know, cool shit like sea knights fucking going around, and you know you get to see the 
USS Quezon and shit. Like, oh, that shit's cool to me. But that's because, like I said, I'm a fucking, like, military dork. Uh, you know, I like shit like that. My my yeah. second favorite character was the nerdy lieutenant. Oh, yeah, that guy. He's like, uh, he's, like he sees the... he's like, I was the commander of my ROTC. <laughs> <laughs> I love that shit, man. He's like... That's um, that's one of my favorite uh, dynamics, like, reading about in the military and shit. Like, it's just like the the junior officers and the senior enlisted. Like, it's so funny to me. Like, that you have, you know, the the, the lieutenant who is, like, 23 uh, is in charge of, like, the platoon. But, you know, the, the first sergeant, not the first sergeant, um, uh, the staff sergeant or the gunny sergeant is the, you know, NCO of the platoon. And he's, like, fucking, you know, third like 25 years or 20 years into his career you know i don't know it's just such a funny dynamic to me yeah it is pretty fucking it's like you know he went to college and you know war educated yeah gunny highway you know so like i said it's you know it's got a lot of good dynamics they're not super deep they are entertaining and they do it's almost like everything's a peek into clint eastwood's character tom highway you don't get a full grasp of the character in a good way. Like it's, you know, it's it's very straightforward as a character, but you do get grasp. You do see glimpses of the depth of his character. So you know, like I said, this is a fun movie. This isn't something super serious that people should go into thinking like this is going to be some war epic. This is not a war epic. This is a '80s war movie, and it's very unapologetic what it is, and it's a good story too. Yeah, it it is, yeah, it is what it is. Um, it is based on like there are some true events that we're taking from real life to put into this movie, like the Battle of Grenada. That that you know you were talking about that shot, um, where he gets into the um, bulldozer. Yeah, that actually happened. That was rumored yeah, to have happened, and, so they took that from the story. And of course, the payphone thing was an eighty-second mm-hmm. uh, airborne paratrooper. Um, yeah. Fort Braggs, North Carolina. I like how a lot of the shit, which is also a lot of the stuff, was. Ahead, I like how a lot of the like the stories and shit have just been co-opted from the army and just given to the Marines in this movie. Yeah, I know. It's pretty fucking funny, and it's like you know, it, you know, like I said, my my grandfather was a paratrooper, so when they talk about the paratroopers in this movie, and then you see that shot where they they do that practice run, and they all jump out of the plane like that. And my dad always thinks he always talks about that. Like that scene in this movie, you know, it's like that's what my dad did for all those years. You know, his dad was in the army for quite a few years. So, um, anyway, like I said, we both recommend this movie, Heartbreak Ridge. You got HBO Max, watch it. It's great. Yeah. Um, Owen is your is your you're the next movie, right, Owen? I do have the next movie. I think. Uh, yeah, I guess I do. All right, well let me let me know, Daddy O, what's the movie? Shit, it's gonna be American Psycho. Fuck yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That movie's funny. <laughs> it's, it's it has some moments, that's for sure. Uh, and that. Christian Bale's great in the movie. So, yeah. and there's a great epic scene in this movie where you have Batman versus Morbius. Morpheus. So. Oh yeah, he fucking cuts. His side. He's like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I forget what this character's name is. Joel, maybe. No, nah, it's something else. I don't remember what it is. Um, but that scene, no, no, that no, scene either. is iconic, even. Yeah. Iconic. It is iconic, even. Say, like, uh, what do you have a little dog not... around you or something? No. That's <laughs> <laughs> funny because he's got newspaper everywhere. Yeah, he's like, What's with fucking... all the newspapers? 
have to return you some videotapes. So <laughs> it's gonna be great. I've seen that movie a couple times. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um. Anyway, like I said, we recommend Heartbreak Ridge. We're watching American Psycho next. I'm not sure what the fuck Cody's gonna pick. Yes. Um. Probably something Evil Dead, some stupid shit. Like Evil that, Head. You know? uh, Did you watch? Oh. You didn't watch the last Evil Dead. I forgot. No, I didn't. I wasn't on that episode because you fuckers didn't tell anybody I was on that episode. Uh, <laughs> we were... Y'all just get right into it. This movie's great. I know. I love it. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Okay. Uh, I'm sure Cody's going to cut that part out. That was, that's what but, happened. Uh, there's a fucking... Um, that new one still got really good reviews. I mean, I'm like, I really don't oh, have yeah. a desire to go to a movie theater to watch... Everybody likes that new anything. one. Yeah. I've been thinking I mean, about that fucking Halloween movie remake one. Ahead, I've been thinking about the remake one, and I think it's okay for what it was. Um, but I don't really remember it that much. Well, that's well, that's not hard to believe. You don't remember shit that we do. Yeah, I don't remember anything. I guess. <laughs> but uh, anyway, everybody, um, thank you for listening to this episode. I like the episode on what platform you were listening to share it with your friends if you hate it share it with your enemies and tell them it's good um, what about your frenemies your frenemies your friends with benefits in the middle of sex like hey I listen to these guys and they yeah, hey, when you you know, night, you're like God. oh listen to filmoscopy oh. and they're like she goes why'd you bring that up it's like well sorry the it's... logo of the podcast is a camera going into another camera's ass and I'm in your ass so it's fun sorry it's just the only thing that gets me off <laughs> Phil Moscopy. Uh, um, think about these three guys. <laughs> up to no good, dancing in my neighborhood. Um, anywho, that's fucking hilarious. Sorry, I'm watching something that's way fucking weird on the TV. I don't know what the hell Porno. this is. Anyway, I'm gonna get off this phone. Get we off this phone, and it's not that. Don't get me in trouble. Um. Anyway, thank you for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next time. Right. Bye. 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 Ford and a tank full of gas. Pussy and a mouthful of ass. Handful of pussy and a mouthful of ass.